Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. The title that God has given us for today is Increase Follows. Around the world we see how there's so many shifts, so many changes. You know, we see that our health departments, our governments, our financial systems are all, all in need a great appreciation. Appreciation means to add value, something that only God can do, and we have seen it throughout this season. And God has us in a series that He's saying, Hey, I want to increase, I want to I want to add value, I want to fill you with something that you don't have. And God has been doing this and has not been in our intention really. But as we follow the blueprint of God, we see that He has us on this in this walk. And as we are God, we're today we're going to come out Second Kings. Um, we're going to go at chapter f- uh, three for the starts of it. You know what I mean? But before we go into the good translation, the good news translation, we're gonna we're gonna give you a little bit of context because context exposes us to the possibility of an increase in life, in everything we do. If we're exposed to it, then we have the possibility, and that might spike our ability to increase. So I believe that God is using these words, this is that, that He's sharing with us in this season as a church, as His body around the world, to really increase our exposure, our exposure to His increase. And He wants us to get more content of more who He is. He wants us to get the context because the context is not what God does, but the context of life is who He is. That's the lens that we have to use to be able to see everything we're going through. It is not what we see in the news or in the ads or anything that we see around. It's not the stimulus checks that we will get in some nations or, or the, the, the government benefits that we get in others. It is not what our family says, what our friends will desire. It is not what we can do with our own strength. In this season, all of that has proven short. But God is in the business of increasing, increasing us. And the increase will follow if we follow God, that's the context. The context of today in 2 Kings 3 is, is three kings, exactly. Three kings that all of them had sinned like you and like me. Two of them were not walking with the Lord. One of them had an inheritance that was, was fearing God, which was actually will have that, that feeling of, 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 of actually importance to the presence of God, will really allocate their lives under God. Although they will be human, and although they will commit mistakes, they will come back to the Lord. It was a lineage of repentance. It was a lineage of broken men that could come back to the Lord beyond their position, beyond what was their living, and they could surrender all. And that's a great thing. God is inviting us to surrender it all, to be able to receive the increase, to be able to receive that that will fill us and empower us and enable us that we have been talking about. The increase will follow if we surrender. Three kings, two that had no covenant, one had covenant. They found themselves in a war. And this is what is important about this. The context of 2 Kings 3 is that there was a war. There was three kings, two of them without covenant, one with covenant, but one war. And there was a famine. War. There's nothing like fighting anything in life. There's nothing like going, even playing basketball, going to the gym, even actually taking care of your kids if you're hungry and you're thirsty. There's nothing like going into a scenario, into a position in life without having something that will sustain you, something that you need. And these three kings would have an army. They will have their horses, their power, their strategy, their strength, their equipment. 
They had even their kingdoms, their position. But they were at war without what they needed. There was a famine in the land. There was a famine because God has stopped pouring water. He has stopped putting, filling the earth, replenishing the earth. And they have lost strength. No strength, a famine. Two of them without covenant. One of them that feared the Lord, that had reverence in front of God. His name was Josaphat, the one, the one that feared God. He was a king of Judah. And he was a, coming from a lineage that although they had sinned, they had rerouted their lives underneath God. They were coming from the lineage of David already. David had a vocation. He had a passion. He was the one that was singing to the Lord. He was a man of praise. He was not only a man of word, a man of war. He was a man of worship. And as David had his life, he developed a lineage. A lineage that was blessed by God. That further on we would see Jesus coming out of it as well. This man came. And he had found favor because he would be able to repent of his wrongdoings. Like we have our opportunities today. And he was able to reconnect, as we saw last week, to reconnect with the purposes of God. To remind himself. He was able to see the situations. And situations even themselves will push this King Josaphat back into course. Into his canal. Into his position. Not only as a king, but into his position in front of God. So we see in this story, Josaphat, the king of Judah, in that moment and scenario. And this is not only a story. This is something that God uses today to, to speak to us. To say, hey, if you align yourself with me, I can fill you again. And he's wanting us to increase. He doesn't want us to have the same feeling of yesterday. He wants us to increase. He wants us to walk further. He doesn't want us to visit the town. He wants us to go all the way to the city. He doesn't want us just to know how is it to play ball. He wants us to go all the way to the league. He wants us to go and be all that he has created us to be. But this depends on us to keep fearing him, to keep acknowledging him, to keep coming back to his ways. When we're discovering anything in us, the same prophet, the same king, and of course the same God in this scenario had a lot to teach us. This King Joseph had found favor. He finds favor in those. And, and we will find favor if we have sinned. Although he had sinned, if we sin, we will find favor if we walk back to God. This is coming to tell us that increase comes and follows the ones that come back to the Lord. This increase comes to the ones that actually, even if they have been walking with God, like we talked last week, they have forgotten what was their purpose. But if we repent, we realign God increases us if we repent. God increases us if we keep with God. As we go into 2 Kings 3, chapter 3, verses 15 to 17, the Good News Translation. As we said, this is what it says. Now get me a musician. This is the prophet Elisha actually talking into the story. As the musician played his harp, the power of the Lord came on Elisha. And he said, this is what the Lord says. Dig ditches all over this dry stream bed. Verse 17 reads, Even though you will not see any, any rain or wind, this stream bed will be filled with water. And you, your livestock, and your pack animals will have plenty to drink. Thank you, Lord, for your word. 
This is coming through the prophet Elijah. This is coming, the God, God is inspiring. He's actually touching. The hand of God is coming over Elijah, filling him with the, the water of the gospel, the, of the kingdom of God, the anointing, the power to be able to talk into a situation. Oh God, I want to be touched by you. I want to have the power and the wherewithal that anointing to talk into the situations that are around me. And God shows up. He shows up in this situation. He touches Elijah. He comes into it. And his mercy, his favor, and his grace are increased in the scene. His mercy, his favor. His mercy is saying, I know you've sinned. I know you have not seeked for me. His favor is saying, there's someone there that comes from a lineage that although they have done wrong in front of my eyes, you still have reverence for me. My favor is upon you, Josaphat, and the grace of God. Coming into a situation and not only, not only giving you that forgiveness that we need. Grace is power to change. Grace is power to see God doing what he does best when we, we come and humble ourselves. And as they humble themselves and they were asking from the prophet that would actually be the person that would identify someone that would be with God. God shows up and he does something. But why? There was, there was a king. We go back to this king that had a covenant. A covenant is something, a, con a contract between you and God, between this king and God, between us as his church, as his bride in the world and God. And he says, you come from a lineage. Remember who you are. Joseph, I will remember that he was coming from kings that were fearing God. They were, they were respectful, oh God. His lifestyle, the way that he would live, talked about relationship with God and God used that relationship not only the lineage of David, but also his relationship as a king, Josaphat, with God to bring a blessing, to bring a blessing to the people that were around him, to bring a blessing and his favor, the favor of walking with God will come to us in every season, into everything that we're fighting, everything that is coming against the dreams and the purposes of God in our life. Everything that is challenging you today has to submit to the purpose of God in your life and in my life he was on position and he has the favor and he increased he enlarged he brought depth not only to his own life but and, and capacity to his own life he brought all of these three things depth capacity increase into the life of the people that were with him the three the two other kings experienced the same that this king the three of them were enlarged in capacity. They were increased in capacity. They were made deeper in their understanding, in their revelation of who God is because of the actions of God over one of them that had favor and that had fear, that had reverence of God. It brought increase in the people, in the people of their nations. They were with their armies. It was not only these three kings alone in the desert, in this dry river bank, it was all their armies, three armies, three kings, and all their horses and cattle and pack animals, says the Bible. But the Bible says that not only the kings and the people, but the nations will further know that there is God. All the actions, everything that we're living today comes to not only the kingdoms and the kings of the communities that we're in, so to speak, the people that are around us in our life, our work colleagues, the people that are in our family, our friend circles, 
but also the nations that were living. Everything around this man, this man with a covenant, was increased. The increase follow the repentance and the fear of God. God is calling us in this season to see an increase. But God leads us to an increase through repentance. Increase and repentance go hand in hand. The word of the Lord comes to say today, if you repent, I will increase. It will follow. There's no way that God will not increase someone that will repent from their ways. Every time we repent, God comes near and says, I want to give you even more and more. More of my presence. You know where you failed, but I tell you where you're going. Every time we repent, we come nearer to God, the kingdoms around us. Those people of peace, the people in authority around us, in our neighborhoods, communities, governments, they will have to know. The police officers around your town, they will need to know that there's a God. And why not through your life? God is calling you. He's appointing you because you have revered him. You have had his fear. You have looked for him to be that person that has that increase inside of you that spills over. That spills over the people, not only the kingdoms, the kings, the authorities in your area, and not only the people, but the nation that surrounds you, that was around him. God will surround us. And this is my prayer. This is my prophetic prayer for not only my life, but for your life. There where you're listening, from your prison cell, there where you're listening, in the street, in the bus, wherever you are right now, if this finds you in the living room, if you're washing from bed, if you're cooking and you're listening to the podcast, the Lord today says to you, I want to surround you with people, with people that increases your potential, your capacity, that enlarges the place that I can give you. I want to surround you with people that pour into you my capacity. I want to have the capacity of God reigning over my incapacity. I want to have the capacity of God increase so much that the world will know that there's peace and there's grace. There's mercy. There's mercy. Because the Lord is good with us. This word comes today to create an overflow. The people around this king tasted the lineage. And when I say tasted the lineage, is because, as we said earlier, he was coming from the lineage of David. The man that wrote just before, he had written, My cup overflows. And there was an overflow in the lineage of David through the life of Josephath. And he had gone through generations. God has designed you to overflow. He has promises over the people that have come before you. Even if they didn't know God, if you live and you align with your God, with your Savior, He will bring that back and you will overflow. The overflow of God is being called today over your life. The overflow of God is being called over your kids and your grandkids and the grandkids of your grandkids. God is that kind of God. It's generational. There's a lineage of glory over your life. I don't know if you know God from before, but today He reconnects you with what He has declared before. Are you with me? He has called us to be that lineage that overflows. Joseph was that king that overflowed. Verse 16 talks to us about that dry place. And he said, this is what the Lord says. This is Elijah, right? And he says, dig dishes all over this dry stream bed. So God is pulling from where there's nothing, from where there was supposed to be something in your life, in the river, naturally, geographically, in your emotions, financially, in your relationship, from where there's nothing to bring abundance. And how? 
The Lord brings abundance when we put our muscle emotionally, spiritually, even physically to the task. If we align, we don't align only in our emotions. We don't sit and worship and we just kind of like hear the others worshiping. No, no, no. We're going to get involved. The purposes of God demand us to get involved. Dig ditches. These people were fainting. They were in the middle of a famine. They were walking in the desert. Three armies with a lot of horses. They can drink water. With a lot of people that thought they knew where they were going and their strategy, but they were fainting. They had no strength. And even without strength in this season, and to these people in the story, God says, dig ditches. What are the ditches that God is asking you to dig in this season? Because he wants the increase to follow. But you got to dig your ditches. Ditches all over this dry stream. He's not asking you if the river is flowing. If you see possibility, he's not controlled or diminished by the lack of your life. He's saying, if you dig, I'll bring where you should be more than enough. I want you to increase the capacity of where there should be something and there's nothing because I am God like that over your life. God is saying dig dishes in this season. God is surrounding us with people that will increase, that will enlarge, that will actually pour into our capacity bigger and better so we are able to dig ditches in the promises, in the purposes of God for our lives. God is longing, he's looking, he's about to provoke an overflow in our lives, in your life, in the people that are around you. If we go to verse 17, this is biblical evidence, people. This is when God is seeing all his colors. This is when God says, okay, if you do that, I'll show you. I'll show you who you are for me. And in verse 17, we read that easily. It says that even though you will not see any rain or wind, this stream bed, God is still calling it like a stream, although it was dry. God is still calling your life fruitful. Let the weak say, I'm strong, although you will see no strength or no rain or no wind. God is looking at you with those eyes of purpose. God is not taken back by your sin. If you repent, he brings the flow. He brings the increase. The increase will follow your repentance. God is full of love, full of mercy, full of grace. And he's bringing correction, but at the same time, repurposing you into what he has seen in you. I will bring the rain. I will bring the wind on this stream bed. Before the prophet had said it was dry, but God sees us where we are, not where we have been. God has shaken that dust out of your life. You're a stream bed, and I will feel it with water. And you will show that water. We'll show that abundance. We'll show that increase. Your livestock, everything you cherish that gives you value and strength, everything that is fertile around you will come to be a livestock that is nourished because it will overflow over your life towards it. And everything that surrounds you, it will have plenty of water. If we go after this amazing story, but the same famine, 2 Kings chapter 4, there was a widow. Same prophet, same God. So you know already that it's the same outcome if there's a heart in the way that is willing to give in, to increase. God will follow with what we cannot do. He will increase the little that we have. And this was a widow of a man that had walked with the school of prophets. 
And in, in the second Kings chapter four, verse one says, now the wife of one of those of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant. So Elijah knew her husband and her and the husband's dad. Your your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord again. It was a man that was walking after God's heart. You know it. He feared the Lord. And now his creditor, he had asked for goods. His creditor is coming to take my two children as his slaves. There's no slaves over the watch of God. There's no area in your life that can sustain slavery if you commit it to the goodness of God. He, is, he was trying to get the kids of this lady. And the prophet, verse 2, says, How can I help you? Asked Elisha. Tell me, what do you have in the house? She answered, Your servant, humility, your servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. But, but a jar of oil. Go, say Elijah. Borrow jars, even empty ones. Those are the better ones, the empty ones. The people that think they know, they're harder to crack, mate, because they think they know. But the more we grow in God, the more we know that we don't get much. Paul would have said it. He said, the more I grow in God, the least I know. Because it is evident that God is fuller and better and more complete than all our thoughts and the revelations even from God in our life would able to teach us. God is so much more. He's more in increasing us than teaching us a, an old school story. He said, borrow jars, even the empty ones, from all your neighbors, from the people that know you, the people that know where you're coming from, for the ones that may say, the ones that actually don't, don't trust you, the ones that actually remember the mistakes you have taken, the ones that know what you don't have, remember from all your neighbors. Do not gather just a few. Get all your neighborhood talking. Get all your neighborhood acquainted with your need. Ask all of them for something the God that you serve can fill. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons, your inheritance. Joseph had the son of an inheritance. Keep your inheritance with you. Door shut behind you and your sons and pour oil the favor of God, the gladness of God, into all of these people. Sorry, jars. God's going to bring an increase over your life that is not going to be only poured in the things that you hold as material, but He's going to pour that over the people that surround you, the kings, the kingdoms, the people around you, the nations, the people of peace, the whole authority in your ground. God is providing an example of His goodness through your need. Setting the full them, the full ones aside. He said, pour oil into all these jars, setting the full ones aside. So she left him. She left the prophet and got on with doing. Sometimes we leave church. We actually unplug from the service, but we don't get on and do what God has instructed us to do. But this lady was not like you and me. She was better. She was really committed to see the miracles, the increase of God. And that's why it followed, because it says that she left him. And she had shut the door behind her and her sons. And they kept bringing jars to her. And she kept on pouring. They created an atmosphere of praise. Like the harp in the first story, the atmosphere was changed. And the hand of the Lord came over the prophet. The hand of the Lord changed his atmosphere when he shut the door. When we have a relationship, when we have intimacy with God, the hand of the Lord will come and do what we not can do. And it says, then go inside and shut the door. She did that. 
and where all the jars were full, all the jars that they had brought, all the jars were full, she said to her soul, bring me another one. But he replied, her son and inheritance, another one that feared God, another one that was experiencing the goodness of God over her life. He replied, there are no more jars. There are no more jars. Then the oil stopped flowing. God, God is such a good God. When we see in this, the flow of God, the increase of God will stop with our capacity. There's a wife and her inheritance, the sons and the same prophet, chose, choosing to see God do something great. Today God calls us to choose as servants, as this lady was saying, as a lineage of people that fear God. If you have not feared God, today is the day. Today's the day that that changes and your story changes. This is the moment that you start getting increased. I don't know if your family has feared God, but you are the one that changes trajectory and history from your life on. Everyone in your house, that's the promise, will fear God. The servant got what they needed. I need help, humility. Elijah, tell me, representing God. God is asking us to tell him what we need with humility. Not complain, drop the gloves of complain and bring a praise offering. Say, Lord, this is what I need. Come humble into my presence. Come humble into my presence, says your Lord. Tell me what you need. And maybe your perspective will be tainted by your need. And you will say, I have nothing. But then later on we feel and we see and we understand that even when we think we don't have anything, God will remind us of the little. But a jar of oil. Nothing in the house was the worst. She was about to lose her kids. She had lost her husband, her position, and she was in debt. But there was a jar of oil. There was a dry bed, a dry stream bed. God was about to fill. And it says that Elijah said, go. And she went. She went to all the neighbors. And the miracles started exploding over the houses of others. God not only replenished her, but she was used to actually replenish the others in the famine. She was able to pay her debt. That means the currency was flowing. The miracle over your life flows over the places that you are. If God touches you, He touches everyone. That's the truth of our God. It's not a God that you get to sacrifice and sacrifice and you don't see anything or only is only in your life. This is the freedom that is contagious. Go and your neighbors will know. Shut the door, create an atmosphere for me to move and pour the oil, do your possible so I can teach you about the impossible. God is so good. He's bringing that increase and the increase will follow as we follow God. Say to someone right there in the feed, I need people around my life that teach me how to increase, that increase my capacity, that pull that covenant. I need people in my life that are able to obey and be humble and come near God. I want to pour the oil that is in my life. She left him and she did that until there was no more jars, until there was no other neighbor that had a need or that was willing to serve. And then the oil stopped flowing when she had filled everyone that God had, sorry, everything that God had brought near her into that place of intimacy. God will feel Everyone and anything that comes near the intimacy that you have with Him. That's the gospel. That's the freedom. 
It doesn't matter where you are. God is bringing you near to reverence, to fear of God. He's bringing you into purpose through this word. God is reaching you. He's saying, how can I help? Tell me. And it doesn't matter what you see that you don't have. God is going to do something amazing in your life. And she went and told the man of God, says verse 7. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. God is not going to do it only for you. He's going to provide so you can give your face again a new challenge. He's not only going to do it for you. How good is it for me to give you a fish and not teach you how to fish? He is a God that increases us. He increases your reputation. He increases your influence. This lady will never be known as the lady that was a widow. She will never be back to be known as the people, as the, as the, as the family with the debt, as the lady with the sons that were going to be slaves. She's going to be known. You're going to be known by the miracles of God, by the provision, by the increase of God over your life, not someone else. God is saying, I want to do it in your life. Are you thirsty enough? Can I fill you enough? Can I increase your capacity to receive? The increase will follow as you follow God. Then you and your sons can live of the remainder. What a story of love, of understanding who she was. So many lessons, but they were brought in in a famine. When it was, it was not enough what she had. When she had lost all hope, she only had her testimony. What testimony do you have? this week what thing what little thing you hold as God has done before maybe not with you but maybe with your husband and maybe passed away maybe with your kids maybe with your grandparents maybe you come from a lineage maybe you are the first one to set it what is the testimony that God is building in your life God is for you and the last story three in total is in Isaiah 54 Isaiah 54 Verse 1 in the international version says, Sing, barren woman. You who never bore shall burst into song. Shout for joy. I mean, you're barren, you never had a child, and you're supposed to be happy from your dry place. Burst into song. Shout for joy when you have no strength or nothing to celebrate. You who were never in labor, that never proved that you had any worth in that culture, that proved everything. And this is not exactly to a woman. God is using the depiction of a woman to actually share what he's, his heart has for Israel. So picture Israel instead of a woman because this is a prophet Isaiah talking to Israel. God, his hand comes over Isaiah and calls him to talk over them. And he says, because more are the children of the desolate woman than her who has a husband, says the Lord. So don't look at what you can get outside. I am your husband. Enlarge the place of your tent. This is when it starts getting good. And stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. God in this season is saying, do not hold back. Stretch and stretch wide the tent where you move to. Bring it into be a wide space, a wide space when you can host more, when you can receive more, not only from God, but receive more people to get from your God what you have received. And do not hold back. Lengthen your cords what brings stability. Strengthens your stakes what win foundation. You will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants, again, 
it's not only for you, it goes further than you. Your descendants will be, will be the ones that dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Aren't these words that apply to today? Some people would think this is a historic book, but this is a book that keeps on changing history, I would say. The God of yesterday, the same God, today keeps on touching our cities. Do not be afraid, verse 4. You will not be put into shame. Do not fear disgrace, like this lady in the last story. You will not be humiliated. I am in a debt and you want me to keep on borrowing? With what face I go? With what reputation? You want me to do what? I don't have the preparation to do that, Lord. But do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You will not be put into shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth. All of us have our youth to remember. And remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. But I thought she was not married. Maybe God is talking about coming back to be the groom of that bride. Maybe coming back to, to take his bride. Because her last approach had died. Maybe. Maybe he's trying to convey to us that he's the one that is our provider. That his covenant is with us and he's personal. For your maker is your husband. I made you and I be with you. And the Lord Almighty is his name. I can do all things. For the one, for the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. I can make you anew. Trust me. He is the one, the God of all the earth. With this story and in the context of this, it finds us in the midst of their Babylonian captivity. It's in a space of 70 years. Remember? Forgive 70 times 7, 70 elders filled with the glory of God. Remember, okay, God is just joining dots. But 70 years that will create a lot of wisdom, that will create a lot of, of problems, of need, of dryness. And 70 years, and in the midst of those 70 years, God speaks again. Remember the breath of God, the same thing that he used to speak to Moses. The breath of God, God spoke, and that's the epic part. And he spoke to bring again in this third story commandments, and vision. Go and pick up the pots and fill them with oil. Go and dig dishes and I will fill them. You will see no rain. The supernatural will happen, but dig your ditch. God is coming in, is commanding stretch and stretch wide. Do not be short at this. He's coming to command and He's providing the vision, the why. And to connect Israel, He's providing the connection of Israel to the purposes of God, to the promises of God. From old, this happened. Prophet Isaiah was talking to the people of Israel in the midst of their dry place, in the midst of their captivity, in the midst of their lowest bank, the driest stream in their life. He was there. He was talking. Generations that had not seen what God had done before were facing another barren place, the lowest side of their life, the lowest time of their life, the lowest season of their life. But in the text is clear, they were up to something. God is up to something. It is known that they were changed. Their names had been changed. Their identity had been changed. Their names had been changed. Their culture has been tinted with the Babylonian culture. And God was bringing something new. But you got to stretch. Not only to dig, not only to pour, but you got to stretch. In this season of increase, in this season that we see the increase of God following 
We will have to dig, we will have to pour, and we will have to stretch. Are you willing? God, how much are you going to give me? And, this, and with this, we start closing. Let's just not stop at this. And as we have the worship team coming back, let's just answer back to God. Instead of keeping God in the loop of our questions, let's start bringing something to the table. As we ask God how much you will give us, maybe God in this season, and I'm certain of this, He's asking us how much are you willing? How much are you willing to dig? How many pots are you willing to ask, willing to find? How much are you willing to stretch in this season? So the answer of what God gives and the increase that will follow, God has already given us the authority to say it before. Find as many pots, dig your ditches, stretch the pegs in your tents. God has already given us the how much. He will not blow more air into Adam than his lungs could receive. He will not give us more that we can contain. The God that we have will not give us based on his capacity. He will give us based on our capacity to increase as we follow. So as we come today, God is challenging us as people, as his church, to dig and to dig deeper, to dig further. God is asking us as people, as his church, to store, to bring more pots into the mix, into the atmosphere that God can fill. He's asking us to stretch wider, to love better. First Thessalonians, and this is the last verse that we have, we talk about Paul asking the church one question. What is it that you have? And it says very clear, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other. This summarizes the part of history in the text with the kings, with the love of that king, with the love of this woman for God to serve him, even beyond her need, her humility, and also the love that God had over Israel as they came back. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow over for each other and for everyone else. This is not only for you, just as ours does for you. Paul, giving us an example, his life had been used, he had increased, and the increase followed what he had been walking with God. And as we, as we worship God, as we walk through this week, let's love one another, and let's love so much that others will join, will be able to be added to his people. If you have been walking with God for long or for short, and this word is for you, we want to pray for you, that the increase of God will fill every area that you dig deeper, that you gather better and more and richer so he can replenish you, so that the people around you will be able to see that your God is a God that is alive, that is not theory only, that is not religion, but it's a God that loves and overflows but stretch, stretch further, the strength and the wisdom to stretch into the things that God has for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. We don't want to cut it short without giving you a possibility 
very quick that if you have not made a decision for Jesus, it is simple. Today, you're part of this. God has made you part of this. If you're watching this, God's saying to you, I want to increase in your life. I want to increase your capacity. If you follow me, I can do this. Dig deeper. Take better decisions. Join me in the way that I have designed for your life. If you want to take that decision, you can pray after me just like this. Jesus, I regret my sins. I ask you for forgiveness. I might not remember them all, but you know them, Lord. I ask for forgiveness for all of them, Lord. Will you come into my life? Will you become my only Lord and my Savior? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you pray, God has not only come and inhabit you, but he will start developing and increasing as you follow him. May God bless you. And wherever this finds you, the hope and the peace, the encouragement, the mercy, the favor, and the grace of God will follow you as you follow on the one that increases us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanger.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.